You know, you don't really have to look too far or too hard in the Bible to find the important principle of teamwork. I want to say it is more than that. It is community. It's family. It's belonging. It's supporting. It's loving. But that general principle of teamwork is throughout. So together, we are the body of Christ. And Ephesians will bring us to um, that picture of the body, because from him, that is Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. But together, we are also being built into a dwelling place for God. And again, it's Hebrews that says, in him, again, that is Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. And isn't it interesting that just last week, Esther reminded us of our series back last September about foundations. And she said, look, we're all bricks, bricks in God's building, bricks that are upon the foundation that has been laid and together, we're branches. I don't know if you ever thought of yourself as a, a branch, but we're linked directly to that central vine, which is Jesus. And this is John writing in his account of the life of Jesus, where he reports Jesus saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if anyone remains in me, and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Actually, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we've got this picture that I'm painting. Body building branches. You see, the church is all of us collectively working together for the sake of the kingdom of God. And we are community. We are family. We are together. And that's why people who are part of this community, this family that we call Ebenezer Church, Ebby, when they leave Bristol, they move and, and go away, so often when they visit us, they say to us, it still feels like we're part of the Ebby family. And people say that all the time. And can I say, <laughs> he's shaking his head. Colin Packer is with us this morning, folks. And Colin was part of this church before he moved all the way to Wales. And... It still feels like family. 
You know, when Jesus went about his work, what was one of the first things he did? One of the first things he did was to create team. He chose 12 people who were going to be his close followers, his disciples, if you like. And he was already setting before us that whole principle of teamwork, whereby everyone, everyone has a part to play. Every now and then, a small group of people here from the church, they gather together to pray and to prophesy over us as a church, Ebby. And I found it interesting that some time ago, someone reflected from that group on the words from Lectio. That's the Bible reading app that you can have on your phone, daily Bible readings. Um, And they said this, the world being better and brighter because you and I were in it together. And then more recently that group meant, and again this was what they were saying, together is so powerful and beautiful. So from today's talk, what I'd like us to do is this. First of all, to acknowledge the power and beauty of the together Let's do that. Let's agree on teamwork. And let's accept that we all have a part to play in the church, here at Ebby together, and in the kingdom of God. And can I say this and make this abundantly clear? If you feel in yourself that you don't have a faith in God... And you feel that, well, surely then I'm not part of the body of Christ. I don't even believe in Christ. (laughs) What I want to say is this. There is room for you. There is a space and a place for you. Of course, our heart desire really is that you would actually come to faith, for yourself, in Jesus, because that's the example we want to set. That's the story we have to tell, the life-changing difference that Jesus makes in our lives for good and for always. And we'd love for you to come to know Jesus if you don't know him yet. And if you're not ready to make that kind of decision, oh, please stick around with us, won't you? Because we love you being with us. We're here together. We're here for you as we are for anyone and everyone, for each other, for the people of this community, for our friends and our family. And so you are welcome. You are welcome. We're spending a few weeks in the Bible looking at the book of Nehemiah. Esther introduced that to us last week. I'm going to read from the second chapter of Nehemiah. And our reading is taken from verse 17. So Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God 
upon me. This is Nehemiah speaking. And what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Chapter 3, verse 1. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zachar, son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate, well, that was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Now Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakos, he repaired the next section. And next to him, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, the son of Meshazabel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Barna, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa. And um, I don't want to carry on reading the rest of that chapter because it is repetitive in its narrative and it more or less carries on as I have been reading, but therein lies the point. Because what you get here is this you get a whole load of people, and they're all mentioned by their name, by their family name, and they're all there. Each person counts. That's what that says to me. But then you find that as people commit to rebuilding, they actually commit to a section of the wall or one of the gates. So they're doing their piece and they commit to doing their piece. That's the bit of wall I'm going to commit to. That's the bit where I'm going to rebuild. And they took responsibility for their part in the overall work of rebuilding the city's gates and walls. And then as they worked on their section, what you find is that very, right next to them, someone else is working on their section. I mean, it's difficult to picture, but I just imagine, you know, you're hammering away at this part of the wall because this is your responsibility. But right next to you, there's someone else, and they're dealing with that part of the wall. And then on your left-hand side, someone else is dealing with that part of the wall. And you get this all through chapter 3. Next to them, while they did their bit, this person was doing their bit. And, and then next to them, and adjoining to them. And you get this. And it kind of paints this picture. Some of those people were referred to by their role or by their occupation. So actually... Some of the people working on the wall were rulers and leaders, and others were country people. The high priest was there working on the wall, and there were merchants whose trade would be in commerce. So you get people in leadership, people doing, you know, a normal trade, if you like, 
all sorts of people, but they're together and they're all working on the wall. And lastly, we get this lovely picture that some people were not necessarily skilled or experienced in building. They nevertheless rolled up their sleeves and they were part of the team. So, for example, Hananiah was there and he was a maker of perfume. But today, he's a wall builder. Interesting. So there is something powerful and beautiful in being, working, and serving together. I wonder if you agree with that. Is that resonating? Is it? Yes, of course. Maybe you're thinking, isn't that obvious? But I do think we, we try and demonstrate this. You know, I think we demonstrate this when we worship together, just like we have done this morning. From the oldest to the youngest who are lined up the front here. And as we worship, we all contribute our voice to the collective voice. We all sing, however good our voice might or might not be, but it's the congregation song that we're all singing together. We're singing the same words. These are words of praise to God. And there's this picture that my voice is included within that corporate voice, all together singing worship to God. So I see the, the power and the beauty of together, even when we're just all together worshiping God in song. But I also see it playing out when we gather anyway. Every Sunday morning, we all gather together as church. Just now we're here in our church building at Eddie. But do you know, some people, they were here a bit earlier than the rest of us because they set everything up. They put the chairs out. They got the the hot water on and the, the cups and the refreshments out. And, uh, and the band were here early just to do a bit of a sound check, have a little practice before we all arrive. Um, but actually, someone would have been on the door to welcome you and to say, come on in. And others are right now out there in the back hall with our children. And others right now are in that side room with our youth. And, uh, and so on. Can you see the picture I'm painting there? That we're all together. Here's the beauty, the power of together. But each one is playing their part to make this happen and to make it powerful, to make it beautiful. Like Nehemiah's builders of the walls of Jerusalem, we're standing side by side and we're together. And I think this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing when we come together to worship God. And I think this is a principle that applies to everything else we do as church through the week. Because just about every day, something's happening in and from this building to support and serve the local community. And lots of you, lots of you are part of what happens during the week. That same principle applies and 
It's all about what we do together as church. It's not just about the Sunday service. It's the week. It's every day of the week. And I want to ask the question, it's a genuine one. Here I am saying that every one of us has a part to play in this. But is that true? It sounds good and it feels like the right thing to say, but is it true? Because in reality, sometimes there's a little bit of negativity in our language, in our speaking And I just wonder whether God wants to change the narrative that sometimes we create. And he wants to to change the the language. Um, And I'm going to give you some examples of this. Um, Please bear with me. Because there is a word which I think sometimes becomes a negative word. And, um, And yet, it's a little bit of a picture of this together. And each of us involved, each one playing their part, making the gathering possible. And it is a picture of today's talk. Everyone has a part to play. And forgive me for mentioning the word. It's the word rota. And I know what happens now. Because suddenly our hearts think, oh, Derek, would you really have to say that word? I love the word powerful can get that, love the word beautiful, but you've just messed it up. And you've mentioned that word rota because for some that's when it's, oh, no, 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 thank you, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> but sometimes the rota is the enabler. That's all. It, it enables us to do what we do. I've already painted the picture of our gathering together. Some people have come in early this morning to get the chairs out and to set everything up. Would you believe it? We have a set-up rotor. We do. Some people were on the door to welcome us in. We've got a rotor of people who say, count me in on the welcome team. People preparing the refreshments. We've got our children in the back room with a team of church people leading them teaching them, helping them. We've got a children's church rotor. We've got a youth group rotor. You get the point. And I don't want to labor this. But it's just an enabler. And sometimes it's a bit like, oh, as soon as someone mentions rotor, well, I'm out. (laughs) And it can be, can't it? You know, next month, 23 years ago, a family walked into this very building on a Sunday morning. Uh, The parents were in their mid-thirties, I think. Handsome and beautiful, young and energetic, fit. They had two boys. One was two, the other was five. The thing is, is they came back the following Sunday And even having come back for a second time, someone from this congregation, and I think that person knows who he is, kind of said, wow, you've come back. Nice to see you. Would you like to be on the refreshments rotor? (laughs) 
okay, we might get the gist of that. But wasn't there just a little bit of beautiful in there? That being the newcomer, the stranger, just come, just getting to know these people for the first time, there was that little bit of, you're welcome here. You know, would you like to be part of us? Would you like to be involved? And that's the beautiful. That's the beautiful. Now, there's another negative that I think God might want to change in us. And it's when we say, I can't. And I'm kind of thinking God's wanting to nudge us, push us a little bit with a, I I can. Um, So again, don't misunderstand me on this. Because when something needs doing, I fully understand that we all go through a reasoning. And this is how it works. Someone's asked me, would I like to be part of this? Would I like to be involved? Could I do this? However often, wherever, whenever. And this is the reasoning. Number one, well, I'm a Christian, so the first thing I'm going to ask is, is God calling me to do this? Bottom line. Number two, do I have a passion here? Is this, is this a hunger within me? Is this me? Is this absolutely me? This is who I am. And I'm going to ask that of myself. Thirdly, do I have any skill or experience in doing this thing? And fourthly, do I have the time and the capacity to do this? Don't we all do that? A little bit. We kind of reason it out. We want to be rational about it. Am I meant to do this? Do I say yes? Do I say no? And we go through this process. Look, it's a healthy process. It is. It really is. But so often, when there's a little thought of, but this is going to be me outside of my comfort zone. This is, this is going to stretch me a bit. So often, the answer comes right at the outset, sorry, I can't. When there might be a little bit of an I can. So just think about that for a moment. You see, my, my example here is Hananiah again. I'm looking at Hananiah. Hananiah, you are filthy, you are dirty, you're up there on the scaffold building your part of the wall. But Hananiah, what on earth are you doing there? You're not a builder. You're not a stonemason. You're not a bricklayer. You make perfume and you're blimming good at it. Maybe he was the forerunner of Chanel, I don't know. But don't you sometimes want to say to Hananiah, Hananiah, what on earth are you doing? This isn't your experience. This isn't your knowledge. This isn't your calling. This isn't what you're meant to be doing. You are a maker of perfume. That's your calling. But he's building a wall. Because he can see the need is there. And I can be part of this. Normally, my answer would be, no way, I can't do this. But today, I'm saying I can, I will be a part of this. And sometimes I think the calling is this. When the need is there, sometimes we're meant to say, I can. I I put my hand up. Count me in. It's not really me. This isn't really me. We can't do that every time. I know that. Maybe we shouldn't do that very often. But sometimes you just get that sense 
The need is there, but it's not really me. But do you know, I'll give it a go. And maybe this is going to be a learning ground for me. Maybe, maybe this is something for me, but I just don't know it yet. How do I know unless I give it a try? And so I think there's something of that in what we do together. The last one. The last negative that maybe God wants to change in us. It's, it's when we say impossible and God says possible. You know, Andy Stanley, in his book, Deep and Wide, he is a church leader, an author. Um, I'm quoting his words. We are committed to involving as many people as possible as soon as possible. Sometimes too young and too soon. So there's an admission there, an acknowledgement there. We don't wait until people feel prepared or fully equipped. Truth is, the I'm ready, I got this, hand me the reins kind of people scare me. I like the I'm not ready and if God isn't in this, it's going to be disastrous kind of person. So, when we say I can't, maybe we could try the I can. Maybe when we say impossible, we could say, actually, this could be possible. And when we say impossible, does God want us to say possible? I just wonder how many people looked at Jerusalem and considered the task of rebuilding the walls as impossible. And Nehemiah isn't buying into the impossible. He's not. So he's saying, the God of heaven will give us success. And we, his servants, we will start rebuilding. And when Nehemiah was giving this vision to the people, they also were not going to buy into the impossible. So they're saying, let us start rebuilding. In a normal way, in a natural way, in a physical way, probably impossible. How can we rebuild the walls and the gates of this city? Except God will give us success and let's start rebuilding. I want to finish with... I want to say an invitation, but it's a number of invitations for us all to consider. One invitation we want to give to every single one here is this, to reproduce the life of Jesus. That's our vision. To reproduce the life of Jesus so that in us as individuals, the life of Jesus is reproduced. In us collectively as church, as a local church, as Ebby, we're reproducing the life of Jesus. But also as we interact with other people who don't know Jesus yet, family, friends, work colleagues, neighbors, people of this community that come in each day of the week for whatever reason. As we interact with others that we might see the life of Jesus reproduced in them as they come to know Jesus. Maybe through Alpha people will come to know Jesus. Maybe through our witness people will come to know Jesus. Maybe because we've just invited someone to a breakfast at one of our welcome spaces. People will come to know Jesus. So there's an invitation 
to reproduce the life of Jesus. But there's another invitation, and that is to be part of this church, to be part of this family, and to be part of it, to be a participator, not an onlooker, not a bystander, but to be involved and say, this is my family, and I'm part of it. I have a part to play. There's another invitation, that is to serve our community to help meet the many needs that are around us. Another invitation to bless this city. Because we're not just about Hallfield, Lockleys and Filton. We're part of Bristol. We're part of a bigger picture, a bigger story, a Bristol story. And that's what we want to do as a church is to bless this city, to make it truly a city of hope, a city of refuge for all. And lastly, goodness me, I just wonder, should I even say this? What's it look like? But how about this final invitation? Take some courage and try something out that you wouldn't normally have a go at. And to, 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 to serve, to work in an area where you think that's going to stretch me a bit. That's not a bad thing. That's going to challenge me a bit. That's not a bad thing. There's another invitation to step out of our comfort zone and to do something different, something new, something that we wouldn't naturally put ourselves in. Just have a think about it. The invitation is there. The final conclusion. Everyone has a part to play. And that means you. I hope you're saying to yourself as you're sat listening, that does include me, doesn't it? That is relevant to me. That is an invitation to me to be a part of this. I have a part to play. And I think when we all play our part in this beautiful, powerful thing we call together, we can impact the lives of so many people for good. Someone who used to be part of Ebby, they moved away from Bristol, but recently they provided a little recollection of their time with us at Ebby. They said this, I'll never forget everyone from Ebenezer Church who wrapped their arms around our family throughout our journey and became our family. How I miss you all so much. Ebby is where we first found and encountered Jesus. I will never forget the beautiful and the powerful of together. If we can impact a life, a family like that, how many more could we together as church? Be assured of this, every one of us has a part to play. We're all invited. We're all welcome. May God bless us.